Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Hey Watchers, it's Jason, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. This feels surreal to say, but this is episode 77. I want to give a big thank you to our fans who have been tuning in every week. This week, I pitch another Apple TV Plus show called Trying, starring Esther Smith and Rafe Spall. During the pitch, we'll discuss Dan's surprise appearance in the TV show Daredevil, how intimidating the adoption process can be, and why Nyan will never watch The Crown. If you're digging this podcast, please subscribe and rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or just give us a shout-out on our social media pages. Finally, if you have a show or movie you want us to watch, please leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page at anchor.fm backslash watchokplease. All right, watchers, it's time to milk every last drop out of your free trial of Apple TV+, and let's try the show trying. Nyan, Dan, so we've been going through this deep dive through Apple TV Plus, where we're like, we're overturning uh, every corner, every nook, cranny we can find on Apple TV Plus to to get what we can out of it while you guys still have your free subscriptions. (laughs) to it yes (laughs) yeah so there is a show that i actually watched a while ago and i've been following it up it came out two years ago and i've been watching it ever since uh, as each new season comes out and it's called trying okay i i actually don't know anyone else who's mentioned this show uh it's a little bit like schminkadoon in that sense somehow ted lasso everyone's heard of ted lasso everyone loves ted lasso but there are these other great comedies like Schmigadoon, and I also think Trying is another great comedy that is on that network. I think it's fantastic. And so I'm here to pitch it to both of you today. Uh, so hoping that you guys see it and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I literally know nothing about this series, I think. I mean, has anyone heard anything I, of it? I, I saw a trailer when I think it was just coming out and then promptly forgot about it. <laughs> I, I remember nothing. My mind is a sieve. <laughs> There you go. So the premise of the show is it's set in London and you have a couple called Jason and Nikki. They are in their thirties and they decide they want to go have a kid. It doesn't go very well. They find out that they actually can't have a child and decide they're going to adopt. And the show follows them going through the process of trying to adopt a child while living in London which is apparently a much more complicated process than either they or most of the viewers would have ever thought. Hmm. So this show is actually kind of personal to me. Uh, You know, as you guys both know, I lived in London. I lived in a neighborhood called Primrose Hill. The show is set in a neighborhood called Camden, which is right next to Primrose Hill. Right. I would find myself in Camden all the time, essentially where they're, house is supposed to be set actually uh my oldest son used to go to gymnastics classes essentially like down the block from there oh wow wow (laughs) yeah 
Uh, so, and, and throughout the whole series, they're constantly going to places and locations where I'm like, oh, I was there. I was there. And it's not just like I went to it. It was like, that's the coffee shop I used to go to on a daily basis. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, mean, I remember one scene, I was like watching it. I was like, they moved to plant. There used to be a plant there. They moved to plant to get that shot. <laughs> It's the it's like the, the 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 Leo with the cigarette and his drink on the couch pointing at the screen meme. It's like that that, that that's like you watching the show. It sounds like <laughs> exactly. And so uh, I know one of the things we try to do with this podcast is you know we're supposed to recommend shows that we think you guys are going to like. Now I think you guys are going to like these shows, but you know this is sort of an odd one because it's actually a show that. I'm recommending it not so much because I think this is the show that's just right for you, Dan, or just right for you, Diane. It's because it's a show that I think is very personal to me and sort of has almost a illustration of what my life was like in London. And so in that sense, I want to share it with you guys just to, you know, give you a little taste of, you know, what my life was like, what were the neighborhoods I lived in, what were the people like, because it just feels very true to me. It helps one of the characters' names Jason, so we're halfway there. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I really like this approach because it's it's really rare when you when you have a piece of a you know creation, if you will, nowadays that has something that either is you know tied directly to where you are living or have lived, or is tied to your individual very unique personal situation. You know, again, I, I highly doubt that you know. I will come across like, you know, certain types of things that might fit that situation perfectly. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, they killed off Daniel Fisher and, you know, the first or second episode of, of, of Daredevil on Netflix, but that's about as close as I'm going to get here. Right. It was in your neighborhood too. That's yeah. the funny part. Again, no, but it was crazy because it was like, okay, Daniel Fisher in hell's kitchen who worked in finance, you know, at one point <laughs> and had, and had one kid, which I you know, wish I had one kid at the time. So it's like, okay, someone, someone Marvel is clearly watching my Twitter space or something like that. And I'm screwed or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, but no, but I, I really, I really like this approach. Cause I think it's like, it's definitely a, a different kind of mindset. And I think that it's good to not only push out of comfort zones as far as genres are concerned, but I think that this is also a, a different kind of way to approach something. So it's not just about, you know, like you said, it's not about what, you know, Nine's experience or my experience, but again, I think we each have our own conceptions or you know experiences from London or from you know you know England in general or UK in general, basically. So I think that there's at least some we're bringing something to the table, no matter what. I think. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a fun way to approach it. This will be cool. I, we weren't as in much in touch as much because you were you know overseas. Mm-hmm. So right. um, very very curious to to see to kind of get a little bit of a window in that through, you know, kind of tangentially through a show. So that'd be cool. And, and Jason, if you ever go visiting, you know, what you could do is you could just, you could have, you know, one of the boys follow you along with a video camera and you could literally do a walkthrough of your old crib and say, this is where they filmed episode three. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, I know you kind of wrote off the, the possibility of, uh, you know, outside of daredevil things happening. You, you live in Manhattan. So th- you have a much higher a possibility True. of a show actually True. being in, involved in your neighborhood in some way. Well, I'm outside of Boston now, lived in Jersey yeah. City. No, no one's doing shows in Jersey City. Um, so, <laughs> right. Like yeah. there was one, like I think it was a Kerry Washington might have been into it, in it. There was it's on mm. Netflix, and I've always meant to watch it, but never watched it. And that's it's not because it's a Jersey. It takes place in Jersey City, but it, you know it doesn't help. So 
the statistical likelihood for New York, though, it's it's more likely that I end up being in a Law and Order episode than anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Not SVU kids. Just yeah, regular no, Law and no, Order. No, no, no. no. <laughs> just, re- just regular Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, the only show that has like taken place around here, uh, my current neighborhood where I live, is the show Defending Jacob. Right. Oh, right. The closest that's like come, I'm like, oh yeah, I go running sometimes in that park where they found the dead body. <laughs> wow yeah yeah no but so the show is set in this neighborhood called camden i don't know how good your geography of london is do you guys know anything about the neighborhood of camden i just know the name i don't really know the geography. i, 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 I was i was there i was there for um we spent a day there i think when cheryl and i were there back in you know the aughts at some point i just again i remember going to a antique and art market that's there um, I remember going to a couple of places. I ended up not going to one brewery because they recently got acquired by AB and Bev that's in the area. But I, it, we went, went to a bunch of random, you know, spots all through the area there. But I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the scrapbook and, 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 or the, her scrapbook or the pictures from that to get a better, you know, mem- memory jogging, if you will. Yeah. It's a really interesting neighborhood. It's sort of the center of punk culture mm. in London, sort of historically. But it's also like a really expensive, kind of trendy neighborhood now. The closest thing I could make a parallel to in, say, New York City would be maybe the West Village. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a good comparison, yeah. In fact, the perfect illustration, you know, it's the type of neighborhood you would see guys with these, like, two-foot-tall mohawks on their heads. Yeah. Nice. And then they'd have a sign-up saying, you know, five quid to take a picture with me. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Take that, Elmo. Man. Yeah, so it's like the Times Square of punk culture. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> that's pretty random. But I like that that's where punk culture ended up. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like, I don't think Sid Vicious thought that's where things would, would go. At, at yeah. The, but hey. Yeah, I mean, it's probably good in retrospect that they didn't name them Sid and Nancy instead of, instead of Jason and Nikki, you know, kind of. It, it right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Is there anyone else we know from the, or are these English actors that probably aren't that particularly popular and kind of. So actually, I'm not sure I've mentioned either of the two stars. So the stars are Esther Smith and Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall. You should know Rafe Spall. If you saw his face, you would definitely recognize him. Uh, He's been in a bunch of stuff. Let me see if I can pull up what he's been in. Um... I'll race you. (laughs) <laughs> IMDb oh. races. Oh, he was in the Big Short. He was in. Oh. He was in uh, Life of Pi. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah, actually, you know who he was in Life of Pi? He was the writer or the journalist. Remember, like someone like oh. came to the house oh. to like interview him. Yeah, yeah. That was really Got it. Uh, his father is also like really famous. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. His father is Timothy Spall, who he's probably best known for playing um, the rat in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. I forget the character's name. I, my kids are going to yell at me for not remembering his name, but it's the the rat who's actually a person. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Uh, and so if you, you saw his father, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy. He looks kind of like mm, and curmudgeonly and, and grumpy. but. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with Esther Smith, 
uh, in fact, I, yeah, wasn't familiar with her. In fact, I wasn't familiar with most of the cast, uh, except for uh, Amelda Staunton plays their case agent for mm-hmm. their adoption. Wormtail. There it is. I knew it. I knew it had it didn't come back to me. <laughs> I just needed a minute. I just needed a minute. That was very delayed, but thank you. You saved me there. <laughs> so you know what Mel Santin, right? Or do you? I don't. I, I apparently I've seen a show that Esther Smith was in. Go back to her for uh, called Cuckoo. That was on. It started Andy Samberg in the first season. Oh, it switched to Taylor Lautner. Who was she in Cuckoo? Uh, Rachel. It's been so long. I haven't seen it I, I, that I can't remember exactly what the the character was. But she was in twenty seven episodes of that. Oh, oh yeah. I I saw the first season of that, but I don't I don't remember her in it. Maybe okay. she was the sister. Oh, maybe that's right. Okay. Who were you, you going to say we might know? So, uh, Abel Destantin. Uh She's definitely been nominated for at least one Oscar for Best Actress. She currently plays the queen on The Crown. In fact, she had to leave trying because she got cast as and, the queen. And there's another Harry Potter connection, of course. Oh, yes. She was Umbridge. Yes. Oh, all right. She's, she's great. She's good at what yes. she does. She was Vera and Vera Drake, it looks like. Yes. That was really good. She's the total opposite of Dolores Umbridge in this show. That's oh, awesome. funny. And, 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 and she was also obviously, you know, uh, in Downton Abbey as well. And so that a lot of people might know her from that. Oh, fair. I, I didn't watch enough of Downton Abbey. Though my boss randomly binged Downton Abbey. Like, wow. We just, it came up like I just asked him what he um, was doing this weekend. He's like, I finally binged all of Downton Abbey. And I was like, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a random thing to be binging in 2023. Um, it would not. It, people binging Downton Abbey doesn't sound like a lot of people watched along with it when it came out. That was the thing mm. to do at one point, and and you know Cheryl definitely did that. But you know, I think that binging Downton Abbey, like I wouldn't necessarily put that in the same sentence. But interesting. I don't know. Uh, in early COVID, Anne and I binged the first season, first couple seasons, I think. Again. Oh wow! Well, well done. Well done. Yeah, we weren't doing anything else. We were trapped in the house. Right. Exactly. I mean. I guess she's in the crown. I'm never going to watch the crown. I feel like I've had enough. I've had enough of colonialism. Like I don't need, I'm so sick of the Royals. I'm not interested. I keep making fun of Harry's memoir that just came out. I don't know what it's called. Oh yeah. 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 Not interested in the Royals in any way, shape or form. So it don't run in your blood. No, stop. Sorry. So uh, I'm not a fan of the Royals either. But like, I don't know, I, what I kind of like about the show is it sort of tracks the downfall of the monarchy. Hmm. They don't quite phrase it like that, but you know, you just got this like gradual irrelevance of the monarchy. I think that's fascinating. I mean, it, yeah, with a schadenfreude angle, I'm, I'm more interested. Like that's the best pitch that one's given me to watch The Crown. I can watch Olivia Colman be amazing in so many other things. I don't need to watch The Crown. Yeah, I, I, I tend to go back to, the, to some of the, the Smiths songs. When I think about that kind of thing, you know, I, I snuck into the, the palace with a, what is it, spinach and a, and a rusty spanner. That was a great line. He, he told the queen, I heard what the line is, but he's like, and she says, I know you and you're, and you're uh, a terrible, you're a terrible singer. And Morrissey says, oh, that's nothing. You should hear me play piano. And there's a Morrissey song called Come Back to Camden. So we've come full circle. Oh, full circle. <laughs> there you go. 
yeah, I mean, it seems like it's got a definitely interesting cast. It'll be kind of cool to see these folks yeah. doing this. I'm interested. I mean, I'm even just the the subject matter itself. You know, kind of on top of the the angle of this mm. being around where where you lived. Um, I was curious. I didn't realize from the little I remember to the trailer that it was more about adoption than conception. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're getting spoiler territory. Yeah, I don't know. By the end of the first episode, they're done with the trying to have their own child, and they've moved on to adoption. So I don't think it's a big spoiler to say it's really about adoption. Fair enough. Okay. I'm curious because the I don't know I've seen mixed things when it comes to adoption just in real life mm. I've seen some good success stories and then I've heard about people adopting a child and that child doing terrible things like peeing on their uh, adopted siblings and in the middle of the night so yeah. it could go anyway <laughs> yeah so I'm curious I'm hoping this works out better than that agreed <laughs> that's, that's well, totally fair I'll, I'll I'll give you another little hint of where this is going. I'll say in the first season, they don't get a kid yet. Okay. Because it's like, it's a big process. And that's like one of the things mm-hmm. the show's really talking about is it's not like, oh, we want to go adopt a kid. Where do we go to the like kid adopting store to go adopt that kid? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you want to go adopt a kid. Here's this 28 step process you got to complete. And maybe you'll get a kid at the end. Yeah. Right. I've so heard that's the case in the States too, which I don't know, it was yeah. wild. Um, but I guess what I didn't understand, it seemed like it's got to be wildly disparate from state to state because mm. that people I've heard people in New Jersey struggle so much trying to get, just adopt one kid and then other folks adopting what seems like tons of children yeah. just falling <laughs> into their lap. So right. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this actually pans out because I don't feel like I've seen enough, a lot of shows about adoption. So this would be kind of cool. No, I, I I agree. I think that seeing this angle, and again, it's having children. You know, you know, Jason, I can sp- can speak to this. You know, you know, it, it's its own kind of you know emotional roller coaster of, of sorts. You mm-hmm. know, the I feel like the knowing or not knowing rather of that adoption process. I mean, oh wow! I mean, the 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 the, the drama alone and the stress of going through, like you said, this twenty eight step, you know, whatever it is process. You know, that is you know that could be scary compelling and you know in a lot of different ways but i think little hurdles they get through i'm guessing over time you know to to get through some of these steps you know might give you you know a little bit of hope and a little bit of encouragement so i think we're gonna get a lot of an an emotion mixed bag here and i think i think that could lead to you know again leading this level of enjoyment out of the series you know cool places that jason's lived aside you know we could get a lot out of it it sounds like to me yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah well, I can't wait to see what you guys think. We'll try. Oh, God damn it. He already, he's already at it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Good night. Well, that happened, folks, which uh, brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK, Please podcast. We hope you had a good time listening to us spout more nonsense today and hope you join us next week for another exercise in utility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or just tell a friend about us. Until next week, keep on watching.